Williams wide left, Crabtree slot left. Gore goes slot right. Empty backfield. Shotgun Smith. Saints bring extra man. Alex going to boot to his left and run. He's going to run it 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Do you believe it? The play of dreams. It is second down. Ryan takes the snap, throws the slant to the left side. It's Russell. Intercepted. The 49ers pick it. And Navarro Bowman is redemption. Navarro Bowman running it all the way for the touchdown. Welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast. We are back. Uh, some good news. Well, good news and not so good news this week. Uh, we are back here, though. Uh, Matt, what's going on, buddy? How you doing, Javi? You know, we got the we got the good Staley news, which is awesome, and then we have the bittersweet mm-hmm. Navarro Bowman hanging it up. So I know we're going to get into yeah. both of those here. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this is the Fourth and Gold Podcast. Uh, we are back again this week. Um, feel free to catch us on any podcast platform: Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found, follow us on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. We are uh, pumping out content weekly, trying to at least. Um, it's been uh, yeah. it's been a fun fun ride thus far. We do want to thank everybody for listening and everything else out there. Um, with the news of Navarro Bowman this week, the era of you know the Niners' great linebackers, you know, the last I don't know maybe last ten years, it's over. Willis is gone and Bowman's gone. That that era of just thumpers in the middle is gone. And any any fondness, any fond memories for you, Matt? Yeah. So, well, also, I mean, that whole linebacking core is yeah. done because I don't think Alden Smith's in the league anymore, and I know Ahmad Brooks is is past his time yeah. too. So, really, that, that that core linebacker crew that was just so damn good for Harbaugh all those years and for Fangio, um, now all mm-hmm. done. Um, I do. I have the one memory, and it's like the same memory as everybody else, but it has a little bit more significance to me. Um, so, joined the Marines, and I missed pretty much the entire 2013 season, yeah. really, because um, boot camp's like 13 mm-hmm. weeks long. So, the last thing I saw was the Colts game, where they just yeah. got smashed by the Colts, and they played really bad. And then, like, the next day, I'm on a bus down to South Carolina. <laughs> um, so, not great memories um, of that. And, you know, in boot camp, I didn't have any... I didn't have a TV. I didn't have internet. I didn't have a phone. I had nothing. I pretty much just lived and died by uh, the updates I would get from my dad on Thursdays. Yeah. Every every Thursday, I knew I was going to get the weekly update from my dad with all the box scores and everything. So I, I, I followed along the season as best as I could, but obviously I missed a whole bunch of it. And so the first game uh, after I graduated boot camp, which was like right before Christmas and stuff. So we go through Christmas, do that whole, do you know, do the whole family Christmas stuff. Everybody wants to see me. And then... Um, I end up at my brother's place for the pick at the stick. And it was like the first game, the first 49ers game I sat down to watch after boot camp. And I'm just like absolutely obliteratedly hammered <laughs> because I hadn't been drinking for three months. So I'm like drinking IPAs with my brother and I had like three or four of them and I'm just hammered. And, you know, the, the game's coming down. It's closed. They're trying to clinch for the playoffs. Eric Reed rocks Matt Ryan. Pat, you know. Um, Jermaine Brock. Navarro Bowman comes up. Yeah, Terrain Brock knocks the ball up in the air. Bowman Bowman snags it, runs all the way down. And I, like, dogpile tackled my brother, <laughs> who is not a 49ers fan. What's, what's his problem? And he, uh, well, him and the old man, my old man's from okay. Buffalo. So they picked gotcha. the Bills. Okay. And right. so that's why the Bills Sorry, are number brother. Two. Sorry, so brother Barr. Good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, like, tackled my brother, and he's, like, no idea what's going on. He's very confused as to why I'm so excited. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's, that's my big Bowman memory. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, um, you know, that big injury happens and that really changed the whole complexion of his career. But the pick of the stick, definitely, definitely the big one for me, just the first game after boot camp and, and getting back into being excited about the 49ers again after three months of reading box scores and that's it. Yeah. So 
Yeah, that, that's that's the one for me. Did you have anything to well, stand no, out for you? Well, the big one, the one for me, it's different than a lot of people's because I I was that same year the Niners had played the Panthers and it was like a ten to nine loss at a candlestick and then um, they go play them in the playoffs. But you know the Niners got good right after I got out of the military. So for anyone anyone who doesn't anyone who doesn't know, I was stationed in Everett, Washington, which <laughs> is thirty minutes north of Seattle. Um, so I was surrounded by Seahawks fans on a regular basis, and it's annoying. And I know yeah. their fan base is, is phony because I used to get tickets for free in an empty stadium. So any Seahawks fans listening out there, I know what it was like between 05 to 2010. <laughs> Your stadium was empty. I went for several games, and it was empty. I went. I was there when uh, Patrick Willis picked off Hasselback for the pick six. Um, in that, I was at yep, that game. I remember that one. Um, but, no, you know, when I got out of service, that 2010, I got out in 2010, so the Niners were they were they were coming along, you know, that was the year before Harbaugh got there. 2011, you see yep. the change. Um and Navarro and, and Willis were just taking over and uh my big game was mm-hmm. the one when they played against the Panthers in the playoffs. He had a sack late in the game where yes. he put a spin move on the guard and just completely annihilated Cam Newton and then got up, did the Superman, pounded his fist. You know, the Niners kicked their ass that game. Like the Niners kicked the shit out of the Panthers. Yeah, and people, you know, that was that was you a know, fun one. Cap Cap didn't have the best game, but the defense was lights out. They had the fourth that uh, goal line stand. Navarro was in there. Willis was in there. Alden mm-hmm. Smith was in there. That whole mm-hmm. linebacking core was amazing. I'm getting chills about it right now because yeah. it was just you know that playoff run. I really thought it was our year after the pick of the stick. I was like, yo, this is it. We're gonna win. We're going to the Super Bowl again. We're gonna we're gonna get a title. And I say we because I'm so invested. I have so many jerseys. I have so much memorabilia. I, I spend a lot of money. I buy a lot of tickets. Um, and for Navarro just to, to play his ass off, he should have won Defensive Player of the Year that year. It, it's it's yes, bullshit that yes. he didn't. 145 tackles, Walker, five sacks. That. Are you fucking kidding me? He didn't he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Mm. It went to Luke Keekley. Granted, Luke Keekley's great. But remember, I don't know if you remember, there was a debate of Willis and Bowman versus Keekley and Davis. I'm taking Willis and Bowman every time, and it's not even a homer pick. I, I you can't. Yeah, Those no, two, it's... with Bowman retiring, we, I don't know, me and you set up pretty late texting back and forth. Like, I, I rewatched that Green Bay game of 2012, beginning of the year, when Alex Smith started, and Bowman, Bowman and Willis is just on another level. They're just on another level. Yeah, no, watching them play, watching them play together, it was so much fun because they were so in tune with each other. And they just knew where the other person was going to be and what they were going to be doing, and it was just oh man, it was it was beautiful to watch because they were just it's that's the best middle linebacking duo in the history of the NFL. I don't care, you can at me all day you want. It's not my opinion is not going to change. It's not a homer pick. Those two, when at their peak, were first ballot Hall of oh, Fame yeah. players when they were playing they at were their elite. peak. I mean, it's unreal, unreal to have them both on the same team. And then even if people want to like go into it you want to go into the linebackers that's when Alden Smith was at his peak too that's when Ahmad Brooks Ahmad Brooks was not a no. bad linebacker it's a very good he, complimentary but piece. he was far and away the worst out of the four of mm-hmm. those guys and he would have started on any of the 32 easily. teams in the NFL and he was easily the worst one on the Niners just to just to speak to how incredible that linebacking core was and you know it was fun to watch and I I I was sad to see him get cut. Um, I do have a Bowman jersey, which is awesome now because now it's back in rotation <laughs> yeah. permanently, and I don't have to worry about him playing for another team. So that's great. Um, but uh, it it was sad to see him get cut. I understood why they did it. Um, you know, they had Reuben Foster at the time. They had <sighs> just Bowman lost a step. You could that's see all it. it was. You could see and, it. You know, the injuries the injuries caught up to him. I I know. I think it was week. Three against the Rams. I mean, he was just getting smoked. Yeah, they, they kept they playing kept going and play around. out by the tight ends and the running backs and stuff. So it's just they, you know, they did the right thing by letting him go, and, and then the Raiders picked him up, and then he sat out of football last year. Um, and you know, they, they interviewed him. They asked him, you know, why did you sit out of football? And he's like, Well, I knew what my worth was, and I wasn't seeing it. So he's like, I know what I could bring to the table, and you know, teams weren't offering that, so teams are probably offering him vet minimum. And he's like, you know, fuck that. Like I'm, if I'm gonna play and put my body on the line, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play for a lot more money than that. Um, so good on him for retiring. Good on him for good on the 49ers for bringing him back and doing that. Um, I know someone asked me, is, is it smart to to waste a roster spot on Navarro yeah. Bowman? And yes, the is, yes, because 
for a day, you, you, you release that guy, there's kind of like a, I'm sure there's a little unknown, like a unspoken rule about, hey, don't pick this guy up off waivers. The Niners just got just cut because they're bringing some guy in for a one-day mm-hmm. contract. But it also, you know, it speaks volumes across the league and to other players that, hey, when you, it's actually going to segue really well into yeah. our next thing. But, you know, when, when you play well for this franchise, we're going to bring back and we're going to honor you. We're going to give you the one-day thing. We're going to let you retire as a 49er. And, and I, you know, it was cool to see. I, I did enjoy in his interview. He was talking about how he's going to head straight over to Patrick Willis's house <laughs> and they were going to have a couple beers. And I was like, what I wouldn't give to have a couple beers with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and just yuck it up with just those two balls. guys. And, and, if you guys are listening, I'm, I get I get excited about Bowman and, and Willis. So those two just, you know, it meant it meant something to me because you know after the service, that's all I kind of had, and um, the Niners and they got good, and then it was it was perfect timing. And uh, my roommate, he yep. was a Patriots fan. Those are the years where we kind of you know we're talking about a Niner Patriots Super Bowl. Like it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Then they lose to the Ravens, and then the Niners and the Ravens playing Super Bowl. You know, it was one of the things. Those three years, I'm like, well, we're gonna we're gonna play. You know, we'd have a little friendly rivalry in the house. Um, uh, but it, or the Kyle Williams game, and then yeah, the Niners would kick the shit out of the Patriots that year. Yeah, the Giants I think did. so. If the Giants beat the Patriots, the Niners would yeah, kick the shit so out of them. Um, but you know, with Navarro, you know, with his interview, like you said, you know, he also said, you know, he he couldn't stomach not being an elite player. He knew he was he was over the hump, and it the injuries have taken the toll. Right. And, Sometimes you got to go out the way you got to go out. And, you know, he's only 31. That's the crazy part. He's so young. Um, they, I know. He's, he's about the same age as me, and that's just just banana mm-hmm. land to me. That's so wild. So Bowman and Willis, they both retire way too early. Willis, you know, he went out a little bit more on top because, he, you know, he, it's just the way he went out. And then Bowman, he had the unceremonious and exit with, you know, his injuries and Things like that, but he finished with 798 tackles, 14 sacks, um, you know, five interceptions, and you know the biggest one being the pick at the stick to close out Candlestick, the last touchdown at Candlestick. Yeah. That yep. was his only ever uh, career uh, touchdown, by the way, was the pick at the stick. So um, that's oh. you know, Bowman. Did you ever speak of the pick of the stick? It's pick of the stick. Did you ever see that video they put together? And they had uh, Journey's uh, song yeah, "Lights" playing. Amazing. And and it's like showing the slow mo, and he's running, and you can see like, uh, you can see all the players. You can see like Quentin Patton Going like sprinting nuts. down behind the bench <laughs> and stuff, and like Harbaugh trying to hold people back. And man, that was that video gave me goosebumps. I probably watched that thing ooh, like over and over and so, over again, uh, just on like my crappy like <laughs> iPhone four, just on a repeat, just watching it over I was, and over again. I still I watch it every the, once in a while if I'm having. I was a bad at the day. Seahawks game. The week prior, I think it was a week prior. Yeah, week prior. So you know, I, I was still coming off the high know. of um, of being at Candlestick for my first time ever because I finally had the money to go and you know I was out of the service. I nice. finally had a little bit extra cash. I can go to Candlestick and you know the Niners beat the Seahawks after all that shit talk and um, Bowman and Willis were just all over the place. Bowman pounded Will, Will uh, Russell all game, um, and then you know me coming off the high of going to Candlestick and then seeing that play the next week in my apartment with my my wife then girlfriend she was like why are you so why are you, mm-hmm. why did you jump off the couch like that i'm like we were about to lose this game and he missed, missed the, playoffs, the playoffs and he came up with the biggest play yeah, that we needed yeah. and in the last that play, place went nuts apart. you could feel like i felt like i was part of candlestick at that period yep. of time i know this is story time sorry listeners but i just it just gives me goosebumps <laughs> to know that i i've been to candlestick i've been to some of the best stadiums ever uh, Fenway, old Yankee Stadium, you know the Candlestick Park, mm-hmm. Veteran Stadium for the Phillies. You know, there's there's things about these older stadiums that you feel when you walk in, you're like, holy shit! You know, Jerry Rice played here, or you know, for the Yankees, Mickey Mantle played. Here. You know, you've you've been in those places. Yeah, Babe Ruth, all those guys. So yeah. it's just it's just one of them things. Um, but you know, to see Bowman make that play and all the plays he's made, you know, throughout that whole playoff run, his whole career. You know, and his injury, his injury play might have been single-handedly one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen in my entire life. He ripped life. his knee off, like his knee like, fell off. He, his knee falls off, and he still strips the ball and still recovers. Yeah, the, and they like, didn't give him the ball. A, they incredible. Didn't him, they didn't give us the ball. Incredible. Yeah, well, ball don't lie because fourth and fourth and goal, fourth and goal, they couldn't get. Well, he, well it. so Marshawn ball don't lie. Fumbled one. it again, and then we recovered. Yep. But 
Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, ball don't lie, man. But, uh, and then, you know, that, so that game actually, real quick on that one too, I don't have this in writing, so I'm actually like kind of upset with myself, but I was talking to my old man on the phone, because again, that's right after boot camp too, and that's actually between when I went to, I was doing like recruiter assistant stuff, and then I went to, to Florida yeah. for school. Um, but, uh, I, t- I was talking on the phone with my old man, and I go, I go, the 49ers are going to lose, and they're going to lose 23-17. <laughs> and the, what's the final score? 23-17. I didn't put it in a text message, so I don't have it in writing. So all I have is me and the the word of Mr. Barr, and I'm sure he's long since forgotten that <laughs> conversation. So so it's just me and just knowing that I, I predicted it correctly, but there's nothing I can do about yeah, it to no. prove it. Um, but, you know. But, Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, love you guys. Thank you so much for doing all you yeah. did for the fans and everything. It's it's now a ton I of can, fun to watch. Uh, now um, I can add Willis to my uh, hung up and framed jerseys. You know, um, excuse me, Bowman. He's he'll be next to my Frank yep. and uh, Patrick Willis. Wait, one last one to retire. I'll be Frank, and then obviously Joe. Um, so I, I would assume Frank's next. Frank Frank or Frank or Senior is going to play until Frank or Junior joins him in the <laughs> league. And they're going to play in the same backfield. But speaking of Joe, Joe Staley, they do the, the 49ers do their state of the franchise thing. I mean, for those of y'all don't know what that is, it's basically like they bring out all the all the vice presidents and stuff. They all come out and talk, and some of it's operation stuff, some of it's what's new with the stadium, what what giveaways are going to do this year, which have a lot of really yeah. cool giveaways this year. So if, if you're interested with those, are definitely get on the team website and check those out because I think they're doing two bobbleheads yeah, this year. Kittle and Joe Staley doing George Kittle, and they're doing Joe Staley. Um, not any games I'm going to be at, but that's okay. I can find one on eBay. But anyway, stay the franchise. They bring they bring all these players out. They're 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 talking with everybody. Um, and then Jed York's like, "Hey, we got some news." And so everybody's sitting around, bated breath, wondering what it is. And it turns out they've given Joe Staley a two year extension. They kept it under wraps from everybody until 2022, correct? Yeah. 2021. Yeah. So you have next 2021. year and the yeah. following. He'll play through yeah. 2021. So basically, it's it's a retirement thing because Joe's 35. Yeah. So it's basically a retirement contract. He's going to finish his entire career as a 49ers. And did you hear what he said at the state of the franchise? He wants to bring a title to the San Francisco. Yeah, and he's going to play until his legs fall off to yeah. fucking do it. Let's go, Joe Staley. <laughs> yes, I'm so on board with keeping Joe Staley in a 49ers uniform until he retires. It's so rare that that happens anymore. Especially with guys that don't retire early, like you know the Calvin Johnsons of the world, the Patrick Willis's of the world, that happens. But when they retire, you know, before their their prime is over, it's not so shocking. But with guys that are gonna, because Joe Staley's already been in the league for eleven years. This is this is year twelve. You know, he was drafted the same year as Patrick Willis. Home run, first round. Patrick Willis and Joe Staley in the first round. That's what you want from your first round pick to play fifteen years, to be a guy like that. Yeah, and it's all been with the Niners. It's awesome to see. He's such a fun guy, and you just know. You can see he's been, you know, revitalized with uh, Shanahan coming in and w- with the new crop of players. And you, you could kind of tell, you know, he went away from the Joe show under Chip Kelly. And that's when you kind of like, does he still love football? Is it still his thing? Because just the whole team dynamic was just kind of draining yeah. it out of him. But now he's back to being fun. He's back to being energetic. He's back to just being Joe fucking Staley, and I love it. And I'm really excited that he's going to finish his career in a 49ers. Yeah, game. likewise. You know, it, it's, uh, like you said, it's rare for guys to play that long and then also play on the same team for that long. So for Joe to finish, uh, that's a big deal. Um, and I'm happy because, you know, he this is an offense that was tailor-made for him, and it shows he's been playing a lot better the last two seasons, although the, the, the record doesn't – Say that, but that's you know. There's other factors part of the record. Um, but Joe has been you know a stalwart at, at left tackle. He's not not talked about nope. like other guys, but he is a nope. all pro. He's a Pro Bowler. You know he's gonna have a Hall of Fame career, but when the time it's when it's all done, uh, and I'm happy he's still here. So um, as a Niner fan, you know it, it's that 10 year club. You know in in my lifetime, it's 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 Gore and Staley, and you know you can't you can't go mm-hmm. wrong with two those two guys like that. So I'm. Very happy that Joe's there. Joe's sticking around, and you know the the addition of McGlinchey, I think, kind of revitalized him as well. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. keeps him young. These guys yeah, best friend now. 
Yeah, because you see those guys. And it's really cool to see the whole 49ers offensive line get along so well. Like, you saw them at the Sharks game where they basically waterboarded. McGlinchey. Who was it? No, uh, it was McGlinchey. Richburg. It was McGlinchey. They waterboarded McGlinchey yeah. with the beer, so they yeah. beer boarded him. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> they pulled the jersey over his head and just dumped beer on his face. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, that's if you get to choose how you die, that's how I want to go. Um, but uh, it, it, it's fun to see, and you do see it. Um, you do see that, that Joe Saley's back. And last year he was the, the best run-blocking tight end, or not tight end, excuse me, tackle in all of football. Not in the, not in the NFC West, on the NFC. In all of football, Joe Saley was the best run-blocking tackle. And, you know, Shanahan loves to run the ball. So seeing a guy that's 34 years old just get out in front of running backs like Matt Breda is yeah. cool. It's fun to watch. And it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal to keep him around because like we said it doesn't happen anymore. The same guy doesn't play on one franchise forever. Correct. And you know, there's only there's only a handful of guys in the entire league right now that can say that. And you know, you look at guys like Philip Rivers and Eli Manning, but even then they weren't drafted by those original teams, <laughs> so they were traded for each other. So they technically didn't play for the team that drafted them. So it, it, it doesn't happen no. anymore. Thomas Davis is now on the Chargers. I believe. Yeah. So that's another guy that was with Carolina for 10-plus years. He's now gone. It's it's very cool and unique in this day and age to have a player play his entire career at a high level for the same franchise. In one spot, you know, and, big deal. Yeah, and he's always been the left tackle. And, man, he was so good on those teams when they, they were bad. The, like the, the 07, oh man, was 07 to teams 2010. Just... Mike Nolan teams and... Singletary teams, like the teams that were bad, like actually bad and like really underperforming. Staley was just so goddamn good. You know, and that, that says something because Staley's been through what six coaches, and you know when new regimes come in, they they get rid of guys, and you saw that really recently with the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era. You know, there's only ten yeah. guys left from when they took over, um, and you know Joe Staley's still there. Chip Kelly came in, Joe Staley's still there. Um, Tom Sula, obviously. Staley's still there. Harbaugh, Staley's still there. Singletary, Staley's still there. And I think it was Nolan before Singletary. Yep. So, you know, that's uh, that's a big deal because a lot of times when you get a new regime, new head coach, new GM, you just want to get your own guys, and Staley is there for, you know, he's still there. So I'm happy he's staying. I'm happy he's going to retire as a Niner, hopefully. He doesn't want to put, you know, he said he doesn't want to put any, uh, you know, he doesn't want to box himself into that, that, that notion that he's going to retire in two years. But, you know, I mean, he said 15 years sounds like a good, you know, good number, and if that's the case, and I'm all for it. And 15 year, 15 year career is long enough, you know. If if, if the one that kind of bothered me was the it's one that bothered me time. was the Willis one. He retired so young or so early, and I was like, damn. But when he retired, he also said he's like, my feet, you know, I I can't. And he, these guys take pride in yeah. how they play, and um, if they can't play at an elite level anymore, they're not going to play. And that, you know, it made sense. Same thing with Bowman. And will and with the way Willis retired, it makes sense. So it seems like every every retirement or every big play kind of has some significance to me in the Marine Corps. So actually, the first day I was ever, it's technically deployed. I wasn't deployed. I was in Japan, so I wasn't anywhere dangerous. <laughs> I wasn't forward deployed. I was just sent on a six month vacation around the Pacific, and I was sent to Japan. And so we land in Japan. We go to the barracks, like we unload our sea bags, all that stuff. And then the first thing you do is like, all right, let me go find Wi-Fi so I can text my family and everything. And I ended up going over to like the food court they had on base, get in the Wi-Fi, and my phone is just blowing <laughs> up because in the time between when we took off from Anchorage, Alaska, and landed in Iwakuni, Japan, Patrick Willis had retired. Oh yeah. And so that's the first thing I saw when I pulled up my phone. <sighs> in japan and i was just heartbroken just gut punches just gut punches because everybody knew i was a niners fan too and so everybody's just busting my that whole that whole it. sequence of you know justin smith then justin smith retired then chris borland retired and it was just like it's just like gut punch gut punch gut punch just like, one after oh, another and then was, what bothered me i think what bothered me the most during that offseason was the the rumor of or not the rumor or the the event of Frank Gore being an eagle, and I was like, "Holy, that's gonna bug that." That was starting to bug me, and then, uh, and then Patrick retired, and then you know, like you said, Borland retired. It's just like, "Holy shit, we got gut punched." And the only guys that stuck around were Bowman and, and, and Staley. So you know, it's um, yeah. we're, we're going down memory lane here. I'm, I'm sure the listeners are 
probably feeling the same way we we were at the time too. You know, if you're if you're a diehard Niner fan, those things bothered you. Um, you know, it, yeah. you you get you get attached to these these teams and players, and uh, I'm learning to not get attached to players more so just the team. I'm I'm really right. attached to the team, but um, defending players, I'm trying to get away from that and things like that. But there's guys that just stick out. You know, the Willises, the Gores, the Bowens, the Staleys. You know, even you know, our guy Ian Williams, I, I thought he was excellent when he played for the Niners. You know, I missed those safeties. Yeah. We had Gold, Golson and Whitner. Now we can't even freaking feel the free safety consistently. It's like, what the hell? So, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's, um, those are good times. You just take them as they come. And hopefully we are on the uptick uh, in this, this coming season with, you know, Jimmy and things look like they're on the up and up. And a lot of folks are starting to get back on the Niner wagon. If Jimmy's healthy, things are going to be hopefully a lot more wins. So, you know, it's time to be positive, not be so negative or pessimistic. I get the pessimism with some folks, but at the same time, you can only be so negative. You have to kind of just go with it. Not every team has every, not every team has the best player at every position. And that goes to the Niners too. We have our quarterback. We have a solid left tackle, solid right tackle, three running backs that can be deployed any which way. You got two young wide receivers, a, you know, an all-pro tight end. Um, defense is starting to get better. It's, it's it's turning around. It's like this pessimism that I'm seeing on Twitter. It's getting old. Like, hey, you know, you can only be so negative all the time. That's just how I, you know. Yeah. Sorry, my little rant there. But. So so let's just let's let's just segue right into the mailbag then, and because you were just you were just touching on all the talent they have on a team, and our boy Alex G. What's up, Alex? Um, he asked us. He asked us which side of the ball do the 49ers have more talent on. So I mean, you just ran through all the players. Where, where do, you, do you think it's more on defense or more on offense? I think. I think it's pretty even, to be honest with you, because you have your you, you have your quarterback. Obviously, he's going to be you know the the most talented player. You, you would you would think. So you have yeah. Jimmy. Then you got Joe and and, and Mike. Then you got Jet, Brita, and and Coleman. But we really, we I don't, I shouldn't say Jet. You got Brita and Coleman. We've seen Brita play at a high level when he wasn't injured, and we've seen Coleman be on a Super Bowl contender. Um, so he played well. Dante is coming along with Shanahan. yeah with Shanahan. Uh, Dante is ascending. We hope. Uh, Debo was a second round pick. That's yep. another solid player. George Kittle is an All Pro tight end. So th- those things matter. Then you go to the other side of the ball. You have. Pro Bowler in Buckner, you have a, you know, a blue blue chipper like a lot of folks believe in, in Nick Bosa. I almost said Joey there, but you have Nick Bosa, D Fort, excuse me, another All Pro player. Um, so I think it's pretty evenly balanced. Richard Sherman. So if you think about, it, you got four and four on either side, and I think like I, I spoke about this with uh, when we talked to Croc, the most underrated linebacker in football was 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 uh, Fred Warner, and. Mm-hmm. You have that there. Jaquiski Tard, if he's healthy, he can be a very good safety. Um, I think it's fairly even. There's just a lot of ifs. You know, I like to, we, we keep using that word if, but there's a lot of ifs on this team. But I, I think it's even. I think yeah. both sides are evenly talent equally talented. Um we'll see this year who 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 um which side of the ball plays better. I'm gonna lean more towards the offense is gonna play better because yep. we saw the lows last year and the defense had its moments. Um but you know, at the same time, the defense also missed on some things, and with the added pass rush, you can probably see a really good balance um, to this team this coming season. So that's where I would sit on it. I think it's pretty even if you really go player by player, position by position, and you you break it down like that. I think it's pretty even. Yeah, I, I've got. Mm, I, I I'm with you. I think it's close, and I think if like if you look at the offensive line versus defensive line, defensive line has more talent. But yeah. if you if if you move on from that and you look at the linebackers and and safeties and corners you know what what is more talent on is it that or the running backs wide receivers tight ends quarterback i gotta go offense on that one so i'm actually gonna Mm -hmm. lean towards offense and i'm gonna give them the edge on this and it comes down to shanahan i mean we heard george kittle come out and say like the man just knows like he's like hey if we run this if we run this seven yard out with you (laughs) <laughs> and and the linebacker bites on on Garrett running uh, running a slant. You're gonna go for 85 yards. And what the fuck does he do? He goes for 85 goddamn yards. So Shanahan's just a freaking wizard. So for me, that gets that gets the advantage. So I give the advantage to offense for more talent, just because the coaching staff can put the talent to better use. I don't know. 
I don't know if Robert Sala is a, a, a NFL capable defensive coordinator. I like him as a person. I like him as a, you know, like I, I like his interviews and stuff. And I know he's, I mean, he looks like he can play a linebacker right now. But yeah, you know, I like that he gets in and he scrums you. up with players and stuff. I just don't know if he's, I think he's over his head a little bit. And I think bringing in, you know, Chris Kosarek and, and Joe Woods on the defensive side for coaches will help him a little bit. But when you're looking at Shanahan versus pretty much any defensive mind except for maybe what Fangio, I'm taking Shanahan ten times out of ten. So yeah. So I give the I give the the nod to the to the offense on that one. I'll give um. I'll give Saul a little bit more a little more credit because we saw. This is where I'm, I've always been one of the people who football is complimentary. So when the Niners won that five game, win, five game winning streak in 2017, the defense played better. Correct. Part of that reason, part of the reasoning was because the offense was on the field longer, the defense rested. So Salah could deploy certain looks, certain coverages, certain blitz packages, and not be so worried about it because he knew on the offensive side, um, Jimmy was going to keep the ball longer. We we're going to score some points, and you know the, the Niners can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback or. They can play a certain coverage and you know not really worry about it too much. So, I'm I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit higher on Saul than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think he called I think he called some you know looking at the film, looking at some of the stuff I've been watching. I think he called really good games. It's just it goes down to missed assignments, and that's on the player. That's not really on the coach. Um, but you know I'm with you though. I'll take Kyle Shanahan versus pretty much any defensive coordinator. I mean we saw what he did to Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, but Bill made an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have that, you know, that chess, that chess game, and then of course with Fangio, um, you know, we saw him beat, beat the Bears um, with field goals essentially the first season, and then we yeah. lose last year because, well, let's be honest, I mean we should have won that game easily if if, uh, if Mullins doesn't throw the ball out of bounds on the fourth down or whatever it was, or just runs for the um, four yards he needed. Yeah, you know, we could have we could have won. Um, I think we could have won that game. So but there, but hey, there's, hey, Landon does Bosa, so you know we can nitpick. Uh, Losses all we yeah. want last year, but it, it, basically if they're that close with the roster they were putting out last year. Mm-hmm. That's good news. That's a good thing. Yeah. And um, and it's going off a little bit of a tangent about the Bears, but I've seen people like anointing Mitch Trubisky as like the next big quarterback, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think he's average. I yeah, I think I think he's average as well. I don't I don't see it. If you look at some of the PFF rankings and. The DVOA rankings, Mullins was higher in all of them, which is crazy to me, considering how much better the the, the Bears teams were. Yeah. Um. So if you look at those, if you really look at those numbers, you're like, hold up, wait a second. Can you just quick glance at it? And you see Mullins is ahead of him by several several spots. My brother's a Bears fan. He gets pissed off when I send him screenshots. Well, we won these many games. I don't care. Your quarterback stinks. Oh, and won the playoffs. My other brother. Man. What have you done for me lately? My brother's. Yeah, my brother's another. My other brother's an Eagles fan, so I had to deal with the Eagles and Bears all the time. But um, I'm sure the house was fun uh, in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, with Mitch, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you know, Alex, to answer your question, um, I think I'm. I think they're pretty even. Matt is on the offensive side, just slightly. I am. That's a good question, though. That is a really good question. So, all right, next question. Um, at a brave nine two five, Marcel Harris was a missile last year from the safety position, downhill, physical, and played with aggression. Chances he'll get a legit opportunity to snag one of the starting safety positions, or more so specifically the strong safety spot. I'll let you take this one first. I tend to agree with uh, the the a brave nine two five. Whatever your name is, bro. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna go with your at. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought Harris played with a little bit more aggression. Um, he was, you know, he's sticking his nose in there. He had he missed a lot of assignments, but I also liked this. I, I liked what I saw. I don't think he's a starter per se long term. If he's your spot starter, um, I think that would be that's his ideal role. In, in a pinch, you need a guy, a guy out there to make some plays or just be in the middle of, of some shit. Um, or you know, Kwaski goes down. You have something there, but I would not. Um, I wouldn't put you know. I wouldn't put money on it. I wouldn't bank on it. I, I would rather have Tart out there as opposed to Harris. I don't think he's going to beat out Tart. Um, I don't think he's going to beat out Colbert or Jimmy Ward for that matter, or Tavarius Moore. I think 
I think he's a special teams guy, and I think um, you know if it's a if it's a pinch, then he could you know he could play, and we saw him play fairly well in that Denver game. He made some good stops. He played some good good snaps in the Seattle game, and he played some good snaps in the Bears game. But he saw a lot of missed assignments, and that was you know that was concerning, especially in coverage and against in the run game. So, yeah, I am not very high on Marcel Harris at all. Um, so I think Marcel Harris made some plays. Now, don't get me wrong. He did make some plays. He made some splash plays. Mm -hmm. But because he made four or five splash plays, people kind of tend to overlook the rest of the stuff. And when he wasn't making a splash play, he was not doing very well. And, you know, I'm not not high on him. I I hope he comes in and gets a chance and, you know, does actually get a shot at, at earning that spot. And if he earns it, great. You know, I'm all for it. But I, I'm not putting, I'm not buying Marcel Harris stock right now. Let me put it that way. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not super high on him. I think he will get a shot. I think everybody gets a shot in training camp. You know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. If you're not anybody not named Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Joe Staley, and like Mike McGlinchey, they're gonna get a shot at at unseating somebody. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're going to get a shot at unseating somebody. And there's a lot of the guys on defense, like like DeForest Buckner. He's set. Fred Fred Warner set. But for the most part, you know, you everybody gets a shot to 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 earn a starting role. So I just I don't think he's going to take advantage of it. I don't think he's going to be that guy. But it might just be me. Same. I don't know. You know, like I said, if if he could be, you know, your your backup guy, you know, if he's the backup strong safety for the season. You know, going in and, you know, as long as Tart stays healthy, I think you're safe there. But if you can obviously upgrade the position, you know, there might be an upgrade option out there if, the, you know, if someone becomes available with cut days and things like that. So, yeah, we'll see what's up with Harris. You know, I, I like some of the splash plays, but like you said, you're missing assignments, you know, missed tackles, things like that. Those things add up. Yeah. So, so speaking of the back end of the roster, this is the question we talked about before we started recording. Um, our boy Zach Van Dick, Dyke, I don't know. At 49er fan Zach Attack. So <laughs> that's that's the ad. Is so I, I'm I'm sorry, Zach, if I if, if it's Van Van Dyke instead of Van Dick. I don't know. It's it's D Y C K, man. I don't I got nothing. Anyway, he said, <laughs> Who is the back of the roster player you would legitimately be upset about the team cutting this year? And we talked about it before the show. We're gonna pick one on each side of the ball here. So who's your offensive guy that you'd be legitimately upset if he got cut? The one that Richie James would upset me, and okay. I think he's he's on the bubble because of because of Debo and Hurd and and Marquise Goodwin and Pettis. So those there's four there, and then you have to consider the Jordan Matthews, the um, Kendrick Bournes, Richie James, Te- and Te- Te- uh, Trent Taylor. I I really want to see Richie James on this team, and I hope he doesn't get cut. I th- I think he could be. You know, a solid slot receiver. He can play pretty much all three, three receiver spots. You know, I I like his flex his uh, versatility. Gives you something in, in the run in the pass game. Can do those jet sweeps. He does what he needs to do in the punt return game, kick return game. You know, he did have a kick return this year against the Seahawks. Um, I like Richie James a lot, and I, I that would kind of bug me. Um, on defense, I I just hope. Ronald Blair, I don't think I don't think Ronald Blair is in danger of being cut. I think Ronald Blair could be like a trade piece. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I don't mm-hmm. want I would love to keep Ronald Blair on this team. I give him an extension, keep him on this squad cuz he he can play every spot on the defensive line. Um and he's a good rotational piece for Solomon Thomas, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa. He can come in for, you know, uh, uh Armstead or or Buckner at the three technique spot. He he's a he's a um Swiss Army knife for the defensive line, and I hope he does. There's no rumors of him getting traded, but if I if someone were to call the Niners and say, "Hey, what would it take to get Ronald Blair?" I'm pretty sure they would listen. Um, not saying they're wanting to move him or anything, but he's probably one of the guys that they could move and get something for yeah. on that defensive line yeah. because he is so versatile. Um, I wouldn't necessarily see that as a cut. I would see that more as a trade. The rest of the stuff on defense, none, no one really bothers me. Except for that was the big one. That's the name that sticks out the most, I think. Yeah, Blair's one of the holdovers from the last regime. So he's a bulky mm-hmm. pick, and he's he's one of those guys that again has has performed very well 
and well enough to to warrant sticking around. Now, granted, he happens to play the up until now the the weakest position on the team. So as an edge defender, yeah. um, so that's probably how he stayed along. Um, I'll start on defense, and I'm actually going to be with you. I, I'm a big Ronald Blair guy. So I, I would be upset to see him traded. I think he's a guy that's not going to come out and beat the world. He's not going to get you 14, 15 sacks. No. But he does play very well down the stretch. And if D Ford has his injury history pop up, if Nick Bosa has his injury pop up, I want somebody other than Solomon Thomas on the edge. And to me, that guy is Ronald Blair. And I think he can play well enough that, that he could – take a spot start for somebody and he does bring fresh legs in the fourth quarter of, of a close game in December kind of thing. So yeah. I do like Ronald Blair and I, I would be upset if they got rid of him. Anybody else on defense is kind of maybe Elijah Lee is somebody I would be kind of upset about. Cause I thought he played well enough last year to, to warrant getting a good, a, a good long look this year. And yeah, that was my other guy. I wouldn't, that, was the, that was my second choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see Elijah Lee go. Um, on offense, I'm going the I'm going the opposite guy from you. My guy's Trent Taylor, um, yeah. so I would be upset to see him go. For the sole reason is that we saw when when Jimmy was healthy and when Trent was healthy, they never met a third down they didn't like during that 2017 run. Now, if if, if Trent Taylor come, that never recovers and never comes back from the back injury, and you know he's just not the same player and he's cut, it is what it is. But my thing with Richie James, and I do understand he brings versatility when it comes to, to special team stuff, but they were so barren at wide receiver last year, and Richie James couldn't get on the field. Yeah. That that says a lot to me. That you know, that that speaks volumes. That that Trent Taylor with a bad back is out there getting more snaps at wide receiver than Richie James is. So I don't know if Richie James has it. And, you know, it, it would be a shame to see him cut, but at the same time it's a seventh round pick from last year. So it's not like they spent a second, third round draft on the guy. Um, so yeah, Trent Taylor would be my guy that I would be upset to see go, and man, it's not just because I have his jersey. I promise. I need to update it though because he updated his number, but <laughs> but it's it's not because I have his jersey. Yeah. Um, let's see. At the SF 49ers asked us, will depth at offensive line become an issue once they are deep into the season? Well, that's a good question. Um, so let's let's look <laughs> at the, the offensive line. Joe Staley, Lakin Tomlinson, Richburg, Person, McGlinchey. So you have your five. Um, mm-hmm. Lakin came off an MCL partial tear. Richburg had a knee cleanup. And Person, he had an ankle issue early in the year, but it's fine now. McGlinchey doesn't miss games, and Joe... Broke his freaking face and still played, so I wouldn't worry about those two guys. Um, This is where you know making sure this is where maybe a Josh Garnett can solidify a backup role. This is where a Ross Reynolds can earn a spot to help out, you know, in a pinch for Lakin or or Person. Um, I think they will find the right uh, combination of depth there. They did draft uh, school. Uh, this year at tackle, so he could be your swing tackle if need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually they carry what eight li- eight offensive linemen. Usually yep. correct. Yep. Usually. So they're gonna bring their uh, they're gonna carry starters, swing tackle, uh, backup center, and then backup interior generally. Yeah. So I, you know, if you're looking at it, then there you go. You have your Ross Reynolds. I think makes excuse me. Ross Reynolds. I think makes this team. Yep. I th- I'm I'm holding out hope for Garnett. One last ditch effort. But if he doesn't make it, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. And then, of course, Justin School, the draft pick, should make this team. Um, Sean Coleman couldn't even get on active on active roster last season. He couldn't so. beat out Gary Gilliam. So yeah, let's and just, that's, let's that's just point that something. one out. Um, um, yeah. Because, I mean, last year we so saw, we saw it week one last year. Because week yeah, one last year, um, you know, who is it? Person goes down, and then, then like Garnett goes nine down. plays later, Garnett goes down, and McGlinchey in his first ever NFL game had to, had to slide inside to play guard, and he actually did – you know, pretty well considering he never yeah, played the position. Well. Um, but then Gary Gilliam was just beating like a redheaded stepchild all game, and Garoppolo yeah. just couldn't get the offense going. And I, you know, you can look at a whole bunch of different things, different factors in that game, like you know the the fumble on the one yard line by Alfred Morris, the, the bad interceptions, the 
you know, some of this other stuff. But the offensive line just crumbling is it was it was a big portion of them losing that game last year. And I don't know if the depth becomes an issue. I think that's always something. Offensive line depth across the NFL, I think, is an issue. Uh, yeah, it's hard because guard hard. play, guard and center play is so bad. Yeah, it's hard it's just, to. Uh, it's hard to have guys on your roster, like have eight guys on your roster that you know shit would trust protecting your $127 million man. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole bunch of Quentin Nelsons coming out every year, and that's right. um, that's a big deal, you know, or your or your Garrett Bradbury from NC State last year right. for this past draft. You know, you're not that's not happening a lot. So the bad offensive line play from college is coming into the NFL. And you know, that that's there's something to be said about that. So um I, I think the offensive line will be I think it'll be okay as long as we don't have a major, major injury. If it's someone, you know, just bangs, you know, has a small contusion or, 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 you know, rolls an ankle or something, nothing too major. But if we lose a big piece of the offensive line, that's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, if, if Staley goes yeah, down. And for Garnett, and, and goes down. to speak to Garnett, I mean, he played in week 17 against the Rams. Now, granted, the Rams didn't have a whole lot to play for because, they you know, they're already in the playoffs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he – out of all the 49ers offensive linemen, he's the only one that can handle Aaron Donald. I don't know what the hell it is, but Josh Garnett actually does a pretty good job against Aaron Donald. Now, he doesn't yeah. do a very good job against anyone else in the league, <laughs> but against Aaron Donald, he's he's freaking Hall of Famer. I don't even, I can't even think of a Hall of Fame guard off the top of my head because that's how rare they are. Um, he's a, he's a freaking Hall of Famer. Sorry, I hit the mute button on myself right there. Um, no, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, maybe Garnett makes the team again. He's another holdover. He's another bulky pick. Um, but you're right. Unless there's a major injury, offensive line depth is always going to be an issue. But you know, I think they'll be okay this year. So yeah, moving on from that. They're all right. Off offensive line, defensive line, you have to have eight or nine guys. So right. they have eight, from what we can tell, and um, we're rooting for Ross Reynolds over here. So yeah, big time, big time. And Justin School because he he you know good on him. We reached out to him to ask him how to pronounce his name, and, and he hit us back so that we weren't butchering his name. And yeah. luckily, we did it right from the beginning. So you know, pat ourselves on the back there. But anyway, Bob Cook wants to know: Does moving Tavarius Moore back to safety give us the coverage we need on opposing tight ends? It's been a problem. And I'll start with this one because my answer is I don't think they're going to question – they're going to have the safeties cover a lot of tight ends. I think it's going to fall to Quan Alexander and Fred Warner. Correct. I think that's that's, I that's the scheme. I think that's what they're looking for. I think they, they're going to want to play more of a uh, cover two this year. So we talked about it last week. They, they're going to move the safeties. going to be kind of interchangeable positions now. I don't think yeah. they're going to be asked to cover tight ends in a one-on-one spot. And – I mean, luckily enough, actually, this year, the 49ers schedule, they don't play a whole lot of elite tight ends. You know, they that got like helpful. they got like O.J. Howard week one, and he can be a problem, but he's just so wildly inconsistent that I don't know if he's ever going to put it together and live up to the draft billing because you know, he was drafted in the first round when George Kittle was drafted in the fifth, and George yeah. Kittle did George Kittle things last year. Um, but Correct. when it covers, comes to covering tight ends, I think it's Fred Warner and Quan Alexander, and I think that's exactly why they signed Quan Alexander because they wanted two of those guys on the field at any given time. Yeah, but for coverage purposes, um, does he does moving to various more back to safety give us coverage we need on opposing tight ends? Um, to answer, it's a yes and no question because um, I would think more would be covering tight ends occasionally, not consistently if he is at safety. Um, we saw that a couple of years ago, you know, when they would put Eric Reed on a on a tight end, or even Kwaski on a tight end. I think you would see that, and you'd have some flexibility there. And then you could have those zones where you can have a Quan and and a Tavares more bracket a guy. So if, right. you know, for a guy like OJ Howard or a guy like David Njoku, you can have those type of situations there. So um, yeah, I mean, he, I don't see why not, and I and I really hope. Tavares Moore gets a really, really good opportunity to uh, play safety, and I think the fact that even moving back to safety gives us enough indication that they like what they see at safety as opposed to him at corner. Um, so I'm, I'm all for it, and if that's the case and he's covering tight ends, I think he would do just just fine. That's kind of in his wheelhouse because he's, he's a safety, and that's what he's familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, no I, no, no arguments here. Um, I think we can we can start going to some rapid-fire stuff here. Uh, Nathan Green yeah. wants to know what's up with Gold. Uh, He's working out. Yeah, 
I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I, he's, you know. I, I follow him on IG. He's constantly kicking, lifting, jumping, hurdles. He's, he's, he's working out, and he's a kicker, and he's been one of the most accurate kickers for the Niners in recent memory, so I think he's just fine. Yep. He's, he's, being, he's doing Robbie Gold things. Yeah. In Chicago. I have, I have no word on him otherwise. So, I, I, Nathan, I got nothing <laughs> for you, man. It's I don't know. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, what injury? So, this is Frank Graziano 5, at Frank Graziano 5, who is convinced the 49ers are going 11-5. and five. He likes to tell it to me all the time, and he's, he's going to speak it into existence. So, Frank. We're positive here. thoughts, baby. Frank, positive I'm hearing you, man. Thoughts. I like it. I like it. He asks, what injury other than Jimmy would set the Niners back this year? So, ooh, who's the who's the big guy? that goes down that just completely derails the season for him. Is there one? Any Staley or McGlinchey. Okay. Yeah. Those two those two go down, the offensive line will fall apart, in my personal opinion. Okay. One of the two. Because at right tackle, you don't have a, a proven guy. We see McGlinchey play at a high level. We know Joe Staley's track record. Um, if you can't keep Jimmy upright... He's going to be on his ass, and that's a big deal when it comes to third down, third longs, you know. And, you know, the the whole point is to keep Jimmy upright. We have an injury history with Jimmy with his collarbone and now his ACL. Yeah. we got to keep him upright. So yeah. anyone on the offensive line, to be honest with you, any any key starter on the offensive line, I think um, would derail the season. My answer, my answer multiple is— Multiple guys. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't think about that. And now I'm kind of kicking myself for not thinking about the offensive line because my, my mind immediately jumped to George Kittle. And, I, yeah, Kittle's on the list too. And I it's mean, just just because he takes off, he takes the pressure off so many different players, and he's so dynamic in both the run game and the pass game that it's just he's irreplaceable at this point. I like Caden Smith. I like that draft pick. You know, Garrett Selleck is you know Selleck time, whatever. But yeah. no one is George Kittle, and no one blocks like he does, and no one is is dynamic after the catches he is. And he, you know, I think the Niners can can get away with having guys that aren't you know, uh, proven number one wide receivers because they have George Kittle. Yeah. Because they have this guy that can just take the pressure off of all the other players and just be a safety blanket for the quarterback and everything. So that's my answer. I like the offensive line answer. Like I said, I'm kicking myself for not thinking about that. Um, Let's see. Ooh. If the Niners crash and burn in 2019, this is from Michael Rally at Michael underscore R-A. Michael Rally. If the 49ers crash and burn in 2019, think the GM gets it? No. Okay. Reason being, I think it, it the first person on the hot seat likely is Robert Sala. If if the the Niners crash and burn and, and it's primarily on the defensive side, because so I think we've seen enough to know that Kyle can make the offense go with mm-hmm. an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. and it was the the defense that had the issue last year. So it would be Sala first, and then you'd have to start having a discussion about John Lynch. But at the same time, is John Lynch really making all these player decisions because Kyle Shanahan uh, <laughs> hired him. So Kyle kind of has all, all say and input on these um, additions for this team. So I would lean towards the guy that would be on the hottest seat if the Niners crash and burn would be Sala. And if it's shown on the field that the defense is struggling, and that's the reason why we're losing games, um, it would be Sala. If it's... You know, if it's just injuries again, then, you know, you can't blame injuries on anybody. It's just injuries are injuries. Everyone, Every team has injuries. It's just a matter of can you survive them. The Eagles survived their injuries because they had a backup quarterback and they changed their offense slightly to fit him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see the Green Bay Packers. They lose Aaron Rodgers. The team falls apart. Any mm-hmm. team who loses their franchise quarterback is going to fall apart. It doesn't matter. This is the NFL now. There's the longer the long – those, those days of um, the developmental backup quarterback are gone. If you don't have back, a good backup quarterback, you're not winning games. And, you know, you saw that with the Dolphins a couple years back. They kind of survived with Matt Moore. But when it came playoff time, he got his ass kicked. Um, you know, Nick yeah. Foles can only take you so far. He, he ended up losing to, uh, who they lose to? The Rams. Or the, the Saints, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Or what, what was it, the Saints or the Rams? The Saints, because Alshon Jeffrey dropped a really bad, like he popped a ball yeah. up in the air and, and the Saints yeah. picked it up. Yeah, you know, off. you can only go so far. Things, yeah. things, things only go so far when you have... Injuries, but I, I would lean towards more so Salah. If the if the Niners are losing because of the defense, it's on Salah. If it's injuries, you can't blame injuries on anybody. Right. Then you just have to kind of, you know, then you have to find a scapegoat. And um, 
you know, they, they would have to find something. But I think the not the re, there was a reason why John, that Jed York signed six-year deals with this. He was tired of changing. He wanted cohesion. And, you know, you have to allow things to, you know, get cohesive. You have to build this team. I always viewed this as a four-year re, rebuild. Um, and that's why I'm so patient. I'm not, I'm not super critical of the team because you saw what it was. The Niners were two and fourteen before um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan took over. That team uh, excuse me, was depleted. They were, they so. were Rams in fourteen. Yeah, the Rams. They beat 14. the Rams twice. That was it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it, you have to, you know, when you go, you, there's only ten guys left from the from three years ago. Mm-hmm. That tells you something. They flipped the entire roster. Yeah. And it's gonna take time. So, you know, I, I'm, I, of course, I don't like. Do I like the Niners losing? No. Do I have realistic expectations? Yes. I always view this as a four-year rebuild. Um, this year, if Jimmy's healthy, I don't see why we can't win ten games. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm torn on this because if it, if it's guys specifically that they drafted that just, I mean, just go in the shitter and just completely regress, um, like super, super terribly across the board. Then I think they can be like, hey, these guys aren't drafting well. And then John Lynch could be the sacrificial lamb. I don't think Shanahan gets gets the axe at all. Shanahan's gonna do his six years at the very no. worst. No. I don't think they fire him one bit. Yeah. And and I do agree with you. Is is John Lynch making all the personnel decisions? I don't think so. John Lynch is like he's a figurehead because he's never met a camera he didn't love. And so like the state of the franchise well, and stuff, that stuff is made for him. Like yeah. when they did the the coin toss, like that's made for him. That's what John Lynch loves to do. He loves to give interviews and he loves to be out there talking to the people. So I don't know if he's making all the decisions. I think you have to look at people like Adam Adam Peters in the front mm-hmm. office is one of the guys probably making a lot of the decisions. Um, so I, I could see them making moves other than John Lynch in the front office as well. You know, obviously Parag is going to stick around. But some of the other guys, uh, Mayhew, Peters, some of the guys like that, they could end up, you know, being shown the door. Yeah. Um, but I, I doubt that they're going to show the door to John Lynch. Um, yeah. Unless, like I said, unless like just the unthinkable happens and everybody just completely regresses, I think everybody in the coaching staff, or not the coaching staff, but like the the top guys are safe. Again, I'm with you. I think Salo would be the first one to go. But yeah. Moving on. Let's see. Uh, Kurt Gogger, I know I said that wrong. He told me I butchered it last week, but he didn't tell me how to say it right. So Kurt, <laughs> he because he's in our, he's in our fourth and gold fantasy football league. Kurt, uh, do we keep three quarterbacks or does Beathard get cut? And then the second part of his question is, can we discuss how bitchin' wish Mitch Wisnowski is dominating OTAs already with some emojis poking fun at me? Um, <laughs> And I'll start with this. If we call him Bitchin' Mitch, I can get on board with that. Bitchin' Mitch. Bitchin' Mitch. We're going to start I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. So he does, he has looked good in OTAs. Sure. Okay. It's still a fucking punter. A punter. So, <laughs> so I, you know, that's that's cool. But Bitchin' Mitch, big thumbs up for me. OTA punter hype, big thumbs down. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but back to the first part of the question. Do we keep three quarterbacks or does Beathard get cut? And I think Beathard gets traded. That's why I think some team is going to have an injury. They're going to need a backup and they're going to trade for Beathard and they're going to get like a future six round pick for him. Because like it or not, Beathard has starting experience and he has more starting experience than 90% of backup quarterbacks in the league right now. And Mullins is going to smoke check him in the competition this year. <laughs> so uh, Beathard's I... the odd man looking out, and they, they can't stash him on the practice squad because someone will scoop him. Yep. So he has to, it's either cut or traded, and I think he's traded. My thing, I guess, I don't think the Niners keep three quarterbacks, but I don't know if they're going to move off Beathard at all, to be honest with you. And I, you know, I know George Kittle doesn't like when people talk about Beathard, but in a negative way, you know, if we're going to trust Kyle Shanahan in his evaluation, you, you've seen it on the field now. Mullins is the better player um, when, when it comes, you know, game day. Beathard may be a better practice player, but Beathard also has a little more arm strength and he can make pretty much every throw. It's just a matter of his processing is lacking. Yeah. Um, does Beathard get cut? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Does Beathard get cut? I don't know. Does he get traded? Possibly. But that could be the same thing for Mullins. I think 
I think they may be hyping Mullen's value in the Niners, you know, inside the Niners to see if they can get something for him as opposed to getting rid of Beathard. Um, because I think they view Beathard's upside as higher than Mullen's. I don't know what they see there. Um, but I would assume they're going to keep two. When it's, I, if, it, if it's up to me, you know, you keep Mullins and you, you make a move on Beathard, whether that's a cut or a trade. But I, I don't think they're going to um, do either of those things. I think they end up keeping them, to be honest with you. And I think they move Mullins. And I think that, that would be a regrettable decision if, God forbid, Jimmy goes down, knock on wood. Um, you know, that's just – it's that's a tough one because – uh, Kyle, Kyle drafted him. Kyle believes in him, and you know he has support of the team, and he's earned you know his toughness um, with the team. So I, I don't. Yeah, it's, that one's a hard one. That's a tough one. All things you can say about CJ Beathard, there's two things he does really, really well. Um, one, he absorbs hits really well because that dude just gets the shit kicked out of him every time he's out there at quarterback, and he just pops up like nothing happened. Um, yeah. And that's not going to last forever. Eventually, you're going to start taking hits like that. And it's going to start to. It's gonna start to take its toll. And two, he does throw a really good deep ball. Yeah. I mean, when he when he uncorks one and lets it go, it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, we saw that a lot in the Packers game. Yeah, last year. Um, so I I, yeah. I I still think that that Beathard gets traded just because they saw how valuable Nick Mullins was to the team last year. And yeah. I know teams are hyped up about it. And they unless unless some team comes in and is like, hey, we will give you that second round pick you traded for D Ford for for Nick Mullins. <laughs> Like, I think they're going to hold on to Nick Mullins and they'll trade Beathard for, you know, whatever they can get for him. Um, but there's plenty of quarterback yeah. questions across the league. And, you know, there's 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 rumors like Fitzmagic is outplaying Josh Rosen because, of course, he is because that's the life cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's death taxes and the life cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick are the only three guarantees in life. And, you know... The Redskins, who knows what they're doing? They just drafted Haskins in the first Haskins, round, but they yeah. don't want they to start Keenum. him necessarily right away. And they've got Case Keenum for reasons. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of teams that you could just point at and be like, they could use a quality backup quarterback. And I don't know if Beathard is a quality backup quarterback, but he's not like so bad that you'd be devastated if he had to start a game or two. And I yeah. think I think he's proven enough in the NFL that he is worthy of a spot start. Yeah. Um, assuming you can dumb the offense down for him. That's, that's a, that's a rude thing to yeah, say. Not dumb the offense question. down, but, but limit the offense and, and, and make his reads easier. Um, yeah. And then it's a tough question. Yeah, it is. It is. So I think he's traded. You think Mullins is traded and they hold on to Beathard. So that's where we ended up on that one. Um, I don't think he's outright cut. I can yeah. I can say that, um, and we'll Same. do one more question because we we just crossed an hour I believe, and yeah we just crossed an hour. So, sorry guys. So no you're yeah well, so sorry to all listeners you have to listen to us run our mouths forever. Um, last question, and this comes from at Ellert Nick, who is the ideal punt returner and kick returner? He would like to see Pettis as the punt returner and DJ Reed as the kick returner. Who you got? Um, punt returner. I want the Niner, I would rather the Niners treat Pettis as like uh, Deshaun Jackson, Odell Beckham spot punt return type situation. I don't want him back there, risk of injury. So when they need um, a big one, if he's your number two wide receiver, big one. Yeah, if they need something, mm-hmm. if they need like a spark, you know, you've seen it with Deshaun Jackson a couple years ago. You saw it with Odell Beckham. Even you saw it a couple years ago with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. You know, return a punt for a touchdown. Those guys. Those are the guys are your your home run hitters. If Pettis could do that, I'd also rather him Antonio not Brown drop be fielding kick a all the punts. The um, yeah, and I, you know I don't want I don't want Pettis um, returning punts on a regular basis. I would rather lean towards um, a Trent Taylor, Richie James, or a DJ Reed in all those spots, kick return and punt return. Um, that that's where I would lean towards it, and you know maybe a shoot can Raheem most are return kicks. Didn't he return? He can kicks? return kicks. He's he's my choice for a kick returner. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would lean there, um, with those guys. I don't want Pettis returning any type of kick or punt unless it's absolutely necessary or in a, in a spot or in a pinch. You need you need to flip field real quick because he can do that. Yeah. Um, but you know that's um, punt return and kick return such a crapshoot. You know who knows nowadays with the way these punters are 
leaving all this hang time and then kick return, you know, kickoffs are always going out of the end zone. Yeah. It's just it's it's a tough it's a tough call. But I Pettis stay the hell away. I don't want your knee getting tweaked again. Just just catch balls as a receiver and play with your cats. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh I'm with you, man. I, I think spot spot punt returner in a, in a key moment for Pettis. Other than that, Trent Taylor, whoever else is they wanna they want to throw back there to return. I want DJ Reed to have nothing to do with kickoff returns because he had a case of the dropsies last year, and I think it was two or three kickoffs he fumbled. Um, I think luckily most of them went out of bounds, if not all of them. So yeah. they retained the, the ball, but I, you can't be fumbling the kickoff. You can't. So I'm going to say Raheem Mostert just because I really like Raheem Mostert, and I'm a lot higher on him. So Raheem. that's okay. There we go. That's an offensive player at the back end of the roster. If they got cut, I'd be upset. Raheem Mostert. Boom. There's one. Cause I yeah. really like Raheem Mostert and I think he's a good football player. So yeah, I think he sticks around. Yeah. But I think that just about wraps it up. So, you know, thank you to everybody that sent questions. We had a lot of them this week and yeah. it comes from, you know, not a whole lot going on. So people just want to talk about some random stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, over, or... Real quick, one last one, just rapid fire. Uh, Chris Peckham asked, what player will end up being the 2019-2020 MVP for the 49ers? Go. What player? Yeah, what player? Team MVP. It's got to be Jimmy. It, it'll got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. If the Niners win 10 games, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Easily. Okay. I'm going to force Buckner. <clears throat> I think Buckner's going to have a monster year. Now he finally has help so. on the edge. So, there you go, Chris. We squeezed you in there. So, everybody else, thank you very much for the questions. Um, this is a fun episode, man. Yeah, it's a good one. Good we, stroll, we stroll down memory lane for a little while, and then uh, and then we answer some questions. It's a good time. Yeah. Well, we will um, – I don't know if we're going to be back next week. Next week's Father's Day, so shout-out to all the fathers out there. And my birthday is on Saturday, so you can slide in my DMs, give me a happy birthday wish, whatever. I don't care. It's no big deal. Uh, <laughs> but Father's Day is on Sunday. My birthday is on Saturday, so we haven't decided if we're going to record next week. Um, but – uh, again, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, I'm Javi. That's yep. Matt. Until next time, uh, we appreciate all the listeners. And send in your questions, comments. We are active, as you can tell, and we do respond to most everybody. Um, but, you know, uh, congratulations to Noral Bowman and Joe Staley. And, Matt, that does it for this week, bro. Yeah. If we don't record next week, happy Father's Day to Mr. Barr and to Steve Kindred. So Definitely. My dad and father-in-law. So, Shout out to them. All right, guys, we will see you uh, hopefully maybe next week. Maybe not. Just depends on how drunk I get on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) All right, until next time, everyone, uh, be good out there. Peace. Adios.